You're listening to Wonder Lake Bible Church, building mature followers of Jesus Christ. Find us online at wlbiblechurch.org. Now, here's Pastor Dan Cox with today's message. Good evening, and Merry Christmas, everyone. How are we doing this evening? This is great. This is great. You know, I love, well, I always love our worship services here, but uh, I especially love Christmas Eve here. Isn't it nice coming together here in the Lord's house on Christmas Eve and just a nice little different vibe or feel that we have in here? And uh, and uh, Good Friday, I like that too, but that's a little heavier vibe, isn't it? This one is just a pure celebration and joy, and so we love this evening. So then we want to welcome everyone to our Christmas Eve candlelight service it is cold outside. I've heard that. Is that true? Yeah, it is cold outside, but it's warm in here, and I pray that all of our hearts are warm as well as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are also going to be celebrating communion tonight, so be sure to get a communion elements cup from the back if you did not pick one up on the way in. And by the way, actually, uh, you, we've got a boatload of things for you to pick up on your way in that you're going to need. So besides your communion cup, there is also a candle. Make sure you got your candle. Everybody got your candle. And also lyric sheets, because we're not going to have anything up on the screen there. So we're going to be singing here, and you're going to need your lyric sheet here. So be sure and pick up your communion cup, your candle, your lyric sheet, and then also we have a lovely gift for everyone here. This is a gift from the church to everyone here tonight. If you didn't get that, they're in a basket there. These are the most beautiful pens you will ever find here. So they're pretty sweet, aren't they? So make sure you pick up your Christmas swag there as well then. Well, we're praying then that you will be encouraged then tonight as we reflect on all that God has done for us in Christ Because in him is life and light. He is the hope of eternal life, and he is the light that shines in the darkness of the world. You know, the story of Christmas is rooted in ancient prophecies in Scripture. It was about 4,000 years ago, the Lord spoke to a man named Abram. And God told Abram that he would be greatly blessed and that one day, A descendant of Abram would be a source of blessing for everyone, for all people. And that man, Abram, we also know as Abraham. And that descendant of Abraham, who would be a blessing for all people, is Jesus Christ. It was about 2,700 years ago then that God spoke of this prophecy of hope about that promised one, Jesus Christ, through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9. Verses 6 and 7, Isaiah tells us, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God also spoke through the prophet Micah, and he told us that the long-promised Messiah would come forth from Bethlehem. And Micah 5.2, it tells us, But you, 
O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. And in fulfillment of the prophecies of a coming Messiah, an anointed one who would bring great blessing for all the people of the world, an angel appeared then about 2,000 years ago to a young woman named Mary who lived in the town of Nazareth. And the angel told her that she, a virgin, would bear a child, and his name would be Jesus, and he would be great, the Son of the Most High. He would be called Holy, the Son of God. Luke tells us this about the birth of Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen. You know, earlier today, I read this beautiful prayer that was written by Rebecca Jordan, and I'd like to share it with you now as we prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. Let's pray. Lord, on this Christmas Eve, we pause to prepare our hearts for a most beautiful celebration, your birth and coming to earth as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Clear our minds so we can focus on you and the joy you bring to us through your gift of salvation. May the same thrill and anticipation that filled Mary, the chosen mother of Jesus, consume us and draw us close to you. May our spirits cry out, Alleluia, with the host of angels who first delivered the good news of great joy to humble, awestruck shepherds that night so long ago. The news that would literally one day be heard around the world Help us remember 
and reflect on the awesome prophecies foretelling your birth since the beginning of time. Give us eyes of faith to see on this side of the cross what prophets chose to believe through promises and visions. Emmanuel, God with us, Prince of Peace, the Son of God, Messiah, may all that you are saturate our senses and fill our hearts with both gratitude and worship as we bow this evening before you and offer our prayer to you. Empty us of sin and anything that could inhibit our understanding or block the beautiful celebration of your birth. We surrender all that we may receive your all this Christmas Eve night. Whether it's one of us or an entire family, we want to prepare our hearts for you, even as you are preparing a place for us to join you one day. May every thought, every desire, every word, and every gift-giving action this special night usher us into that place where you will meet us as we are. May the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you and bring you the glory and honor you so deserve. Just as the three magi brought their offerings in celebration of your birth, we bring you gifts too, the declaration of our obedience and devotion to you, the quieting of our hearts and spirits, and the joyful overflow of worship and adoration. May this preparation night be a holy night as we once again receive and celebrate your great gift to us this Christmas. And in your precious name we pray. Amen. The title of the message tonight is, Let There Be Light. Let There Be Light. See, God created physical light, and he is the source of all moral and spiritual light. And he is also the light that shines in our hearts. We are to reflect his light. So he is the source of physical light. He's the source of moral and spiritual light. And he is the source of that reflecting light that we are to shine into the world. Christmas is a celebration. It's a celebration of the greatest story ever told. It's a celebration of the greatest humbling ever undertaken. It's a celebration of the greatest love ever demonstrated. It's a celebration of the greatest gift ever given. And it is a celebration of the greatest light that ever shone. We live in a dark world. Do I need to tell you that? You know, I think we all know that, don't we? Even as we celebrate here, there is darkness and despair all around us, including right here in our community, and even including right here in our own hearts as well. But whether it is the darkness that we see on a national or an international scale, or if it's the darkness we see here in our community, or in our homes, or even in our own hearts, we know that it is true that we live in a very dark world indeed. And one of the many examples of darkness in our world, one such incident that you may recall took place five years ago in Las Vegas when a gunman killed 60 people and injured 867 others from his perch in the Mandalay Bay Hotel. And right next to the Mandalay Bay Hotel in the, on the Las Vegas Strip is another hotel called the Luxor, the Luxor Hotel. And on top of the Luxor, there is a light, a very powerful light. It is a beam that reaches up into the darkness of the sky above. 
The beam is composed of 39 different xenon lights with 7,000-watt bulbs. Boy, I thought I had a pretty bright light in my porch here, but when I saw that 7,000-light bulb, that was something, 7,000 watts, that's something. But, you know, when you turn on the switch for that, when the light is switched on, the room, which contains the light, heats up to nearly 300 degrees Fahrenheit. I would not want to go in there and change one of those bulbs while the light was on, I think. But that light is, in fact, the brightest light on the planet. And it is so bright that it can be seen from space. But as bright and powerful as that Luxor light might be, it has no power to shine into the moral and spiritual darkness of our world. It has no power to bring light to dark hearts and hope for a lost world. But Jesus, he is the greatest light that ever shone. And he does have the power to shine, to shine in the darkness of our hearts and to bring hope into our world, to bring hope into your life here tonight. Jesus, the divine son of God, is the creator of light, the creator of physical light. We're told in this familiar passage from Genesis chapter 1, we're told, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now, following those well-known verses from Genesis, which is the beginning of God's written word, let's listen now then to some familiar words that are found in the beginning of John's gospel. And here we read of the incarnate word of God, who had no beginning, For he was already there in the beginning. John tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So this greatest light is Jesus, Jesus himself. We're told that he is the word, which means what? He is the very expression and revelation of God. That if we want to know what God is like, what God says, then look at him and listen to what he says. He is God in the flesh. He is the very word or expression of God to us. He was in the beginning when God was making all things in this physical universe, all, all of space and time and matter, energy, all of that. He was there in the beginning. And he was with God and he was God. Now, how could he be, be both with God and be God? Well, of course, we understand now, not something we fully understand, of course, but with the doctrine of the Trinity, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, 
Jesus, the Son, the Son of God, was in the beginning with God and was God. And he created all things, all things that have been made, he made. And he was life and the light of men. He is life. He is physical life. But he is also spiritual life. And he was the light of men. He created physical light. But he is the moral and the spiritual light that shines in the darkness of our world. John goes on to tell us there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. And he was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. And the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born out of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This greatest light Jesus was witnessed to by John, John the Baptist. He was not known by the world, even though he had made the world. And he was rejected by his own, his own people, the Jews. He came to them first, but he didn't just come for them only. He came for the Gentiles. He came for all people, for all people of all time. And to whoever who received him, that is to believed in him, believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God, that we might come into a whole new relationship with God, to become a child of God, a recipient of God's eternal love and favor and blessing through faith in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. John tells us then too, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So this greatest light, Jesus, he became flesh. That is, he became human. He became like one of us, and he dwelt. He lived here among us, and he is glorious, full of grace and truth. He has given us grace upon grace. And if you know, if you have been here before in this message, we have, we have uh, preached through this passage, and we saw that grace upon grace. I keep, every time I read that, you just picture what? Those ocean waves, the waves that just keep coming. Can you stop those ocean waves from coming? You can't. They just keep coming, don't they? Wave upon wave. And that is God's grace for us. It just keeps coming, grace upon grace. And he, the Son of God, he has made God known. He is the very revelation of God. So Jesus is the source of physical light, but he is the source then too of moral and spiritual light. Jesus also then cleanses us then from the darkness in our own hearts. We're told in 1 John chapter 1, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, 
and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What does it mean for us to walk in the light? Well, it means that walk in scripture means what? As a way of life, how we're living our life. So if we say that we know God, that we have fellowship with God, that that is that we have an intimate relationship with God, but yet we're living in darkness, then we really don't know him, do we? So if we truly know him, then we will walk in the light as he is in the light. And how do we walk in the light? How do we live in that light? Well, by confessing our sins, by seeking his daily empowerment to live and to grow more and more into the image or the likeness of Christ in us. But then Jesus then calls for us then to shine that light, to shine that light for all the world to see. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus, he is the light of the world, but he calls us the light of the world when we do what? When we reflect his light. We ourselves are not the light, are we? He is the light, but we are the light when we reflect the light of the world. So that is what we, as followers of Jesus, are called to do. We reflect his love. We reflect his truth. We reflect his goodness. We reflect his righteousness. We reflect all of those things in how we live. And so then, when people see the light and the love of Christ in us, when they see the good things that we do motivated by the love and the light of Christ, then that will bring great honor and glory to our Heavenly Father for us as children, uh, for we are children of God, and we give great honor to our Heavenly Father when people see the light shining in us. So what, you may ask, so what? What am I to do with this? What are we to do this as we're celebrating Christmas Eve? I hope you've had a wonderful celebration so far on Christmas Eve. But what's most important of all, though, is receiving that greatest gift ever given, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the source of all light and life. See, God is the source of all light and life. And he calls followers of Christ, then, those who believe in him, to walk in that light and to shine that light. You know, bright as it is, the Luxor light in Las Vegas cannot penetrate the moral and the spiritual darkness of the world, can it? It has no power over death. But the light of Christ shines in the moral and spiritual darkness of the world. He has triumphed over death, and he gives eternal life to all who believe in him. So it asks, do you believe in Jesus, the greatest light that ever shone? If you have not, then trust in him now. Trust in him now and receive that gift for yourself. Receive him by faith. Confess your sin to God. Accept his forgiveness by faith and rejoice in that gift of eternal life. You know, the Luxor light, as we said, it shines so brightly it can be seen from space. But the light of Christ in us, when we are walking in Christ, it shines so brightly that it can be seen from heaven. God sees that. 
and God will honor that. God will reward that. So if you do believe in him, if you do know him, if you do have his light in you, then walk in the light as he is in the light. Let his light shine through you to penetrate the darkness in your world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we are gathered here tonight, it is a night of celebration, a celebration of the life and the light that we have in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you sent him, that you sent him for us to save us, to save us from the consequences, the penalty of our sin, of our moral failings, our moral rebellion, Lord. Thank you that he, Lord, came into this world, was made one of us, human, became human just as we are, but without sin, that he perfectly obeyed your moral law, never failing in any way, that he went to the cross where he willingly gave his life for us, where he was judged for our sins, took the punishment for that, died in our place, was buried, and rose again in order that through faith in him we might be joined with him in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. We thank you for that wondrous gift we have in him. But Lord, at the same time, I'm aware, though, here too, that there is great darkness in this land, in this community, even in our own hearts or even our own homes. There are some who are grieving here tonight, who are feeling desperately lonely, feeling the pain of loss. Father, I pray for them. We pray for those persons, that your spirit would minister to their hearts, that you would touch them here tonight. That as Christmas is a wonderful celebration, it can be a very painful and lonely time too. And so God, we pray that your spirit would minister now to them, that they would experience a powerful touch of your hand, that they would know your peace and your joy in this hour of celebration of your life and your light. Thank you, Lord, for this holiday. Lord, we know it's not about trees and presents and Christmas songs. It's about our Savior, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for him, and it is in his name we pray. Amen. Well, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are invited then now to partake of these elements in remembrance and in celebration of the life and the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we receive these elements, thank the Lord for the birth of the Savior. Give thanks for that. He is the most wonderful gift ever given. Give thanks for the sacrifice of the Savior. Praise him for saving you by living a life of perfect faith and obedience to the law of God and then taking the punishment for your sins upon himself and triumphing over sin and death by his glorious resurrection. And by the way, I always like to remind you folks here, before you leave here tonight, there's something I'd like you to do. I'd like you to come up on this platform here and take a close look at the ornaments on the Christmas tree. And you might wonder why that is. Some of you know why I want you to do that. And I'd like you to see that again. But if you've never done that, I'd like you to come up here at the end of this, not right now, don't rush right now, but at the end of the service here, would you come up and take a look at these ornaments on the, on the tree here? Because it is such a powerful and wonderful and beautiful picture and reminder of ultimately what Christmas is all about. On the night before the crucifixion, Jesus gathered with his disciples in the upper room. 
they were celebrating the Passover meal. Jesus took bread and he broke it. And then he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And later that night, after supper, he took the cup and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Would you stand as we pray? Lord, we do give you thanks for your Son the Lord Jesus Christ, who humbled himself by leaving behind all of that glory and honor that he was rightly due, humbling himself, putting that away, emptying himself, taking on the form of a man, a servant, and being obedient, obedient even to the point of death on a cross. And you then now, Father, have exalted him, elevated him, He is seated at your right hand. His name is above all name. And every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. He is our King. He is our Savior. And we thank you for him. He is the light that shines in the world. You know, the world is indeed a very dark place. But Jesus Christ is the light that shines in the darkness. The greatest light that has ever shone. Amen. Amen. Jesus created the physical light. He's the moral and spiritual light that shines in the darkness of the light of this world. Does he shine in your heart? Put your trust in him for the gift of eternal life, the greatest gift ever given, and let his light shine through you in the darkness of the world. And don't forget to come up here on the platform and look at the ornaments and see the real meaning of Christmas there. Thank you for coming and have a very Merry Christmas and may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information about Wonder Lake Bible Church, visit wlbiblechurch.org. 